Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where I come in and bring in cool people that I get to meet from throughout the world on teaching marketing stuff. Simply put, so, so many entrepreneurs out there get into business thinking that they can just do their widget, their service, their product, whatever it is, and that people will just start banging down the doors. And we all know that that just doesn't really happen. We have to become marketers. And the hardest part with that is that so many people have this sly concept of what marketing really is. And so that's why I have this show. The whole point is to bring in people, show you things that you can do to market yourself very effectively. It's not unethical. As a matter of fact, it's a lot of fun. And if you're doing your job right, you're helping other people out. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated or scary. This stuff is actually designed to make your life as easy as possible. And so today I have Clyde Riddlesbrod, and he Clyde grew up in the entertainment industry, working and started his own theater company in the year 2000. He's been in over 5,000 shows in his lifetime. So this is going to be some really fun, very different stuff than what you guys are used to, by the way. You know, currently Riddlesbrod is one of the most successful and vibrant theater companies in the New York, New Jersey area, performing more than 150 murder mystery, dinner theater, and main stage productions per year at multiple locations. So Clyde, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Eli. Thanks for having me. So, you know, kind of give us a little bit of your background story, because most of the people that, pe- that our audience listens to are other marketers. They're people that are, you know, experts in, say, YouTube marketing or experts in Facebook marketing or experts in networking and all the different things that we do, because, you know, we're in the marketing world. It's not very often that I bring somebody who's actually in the entertainment industry. And in. so I wanted to share this, share kind of your background and how we can really help everybody today. Sure. Well, uh, certainly. Well, uh, you know, just to start off, I would say one of the first things I would mention is that, uh, you know, being in the entertainment industry, you are constantly a salesperson and a marketer. Um, entertainment is probably one of the most difficult industries, and it has a lot of challenges that are sometimes difficult to overcome, even for large uh, organizations and institutions, let alone small theater companies like, like we began as. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. A couple things. Yeah, I mean, when I first started out, I uh, I was blessed that I um, my parents were involved in the entertainment industry. So I started off as a young child. My father owned his own theater company, and I worked for many, many years there. Um, I uh, eventually started my own theater company in 2000, and we've been going pretty much up and down that roller coaster ever since. It was really only in the last five years that things started to really, you know, go very, very well. But the first decade was certainly uh, had its ups and downs and uh, a lot of difficulties and problems and hardships that, you know, every entrepreneur probably has to work through. Right. Um, Besides that, uh, the other thing I would say is that uh, even though I am in the entertainment industry, uh, it, it probably is important for your listeners to understand that um, Riddlesburg Touring Theater Company is not your average arts institution. So it's not like going to a higher, you know, theater where you're going to see, you know, um, you know, some 
some the Music Man or some kind of large show like that. Our operation is is smaller. It's more of a dinner theater, a murder mystery type of endeavor. So most of my time is spent contacting restaurants, uh, contacting event coordinators, constantly working on search engine optimization so that our website comes up high in the rankings. So I spend most of my time doing outbound sales uh, and also promotional activities to spur inbound calls. So it really is uh, a, a type of a service that you would imagine, you know, even a DJ or a carpet cleaning service or, you know, a, uh, you know, a home inspection company. Pretty much anybody that needs to have those incoming calls can probably benefit from some of the experiences that I've had. Right. Well, and I think you just brought up something really important is the that your your company, your theater company is designed, I mean, you are an entrepreneur, really. And that's where a lot of times people don't really realize that in the theater world, it, it's still the same thing. And it's great that you're coming from your standpoint, because you are part of a small organization, no different than a small business that may be the solopreneur or, a you know, even a brick and mortar business that has, you know, two or three employees. But you said something really important there. You spend the mass majority of your time doing your outbound sales, doing the stuff that helps get you the gigs. And I mean, just out of curiosity, how long is a typical show for you when you guys do a show? Well, our typical shows are about an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, it does depend upon the demographics and the type of um, right. the type of group that we're performing for, you know. You know, teenagers might be very different than school children or general admission audience or, you know, a family reunion. All these things are a little bit different, and we customize our um, entertainment to fit. Mm -hmm. uh, but about an hour and a 15-minute period of time is pretty standard. Okay. And the reason I ask that is because it's, I think it's something to really kind of think about is your show lasts for 115 minutes, roughly, you know, in that area. But then... How much time do you spend on the marketing of of getting out there and, and talking to people and and basically getting the gigs? How how much time do you spend doing that? Well, you know, I've never sat down and tried to actually calculate it, but I would. You know, most of the people that would initially call in would would book their show usually a month or two out. Mm -hmm. um, in the typical progression of how a lead may be handled, assuming it's inbound. Um, you know, somebody will call in, I will get their information, tell them a little bit about the different products and services that we offer, find out more what they need, uh, and then steer them in the right direction. Oftentimes, I'll help them um, navigate the sometimes uh, tepid waters of trying to select the right restaurant or bank facility or whatever venue they may be looking to choose to do their entertainment in. So sometimes we'll help them do that. And then we actually get down to the nitty-gritty of creating the itinerary for mm -hmm. their event. So okay. typically a, par a private party may be doing like a buffet or maybe a sit-down meal. Uh, depending on either of those two options, we can do the show in different ways. Sometimes we break it up. Sometimes we do the show all together. Um, so there's a lot of customizations involved uh, to tailor it specifically to the client. But I would say from a sales point of view, I probably reach out and touch that customer at least three or four times prior to showing up to do the entertainment. Right. So, and, and the reason I wanted you to kind of share that is because so many people think that they want to, they need to spend the time doing the job. And if you change it into that perspective from where, like where you're coming from, 
you're spending 115 minutes on stage in the performance, but guess what? You're spending a whole lot more time than that in the getting to the on stage doing the performance. And that and that's oh, one of the, sure. yeah, and that's why I wanted to kind of wanted to ask you that question is because that's one of the things when it comes to marketing and sales that a lot of times we don't realize is that our the marketing and the sales is the part that leads to it and a lot of times it can be double sometimes triple the amount of time of actually doing the physical work and that's just part of doing business that's just the way it works well and 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 that's just assuming what i was telling you was just assuming that i was getting an inbound call mm-hmm. you know so if you're <clears throat> to get those inbound calls you know countless amount of hours need to go into you know working on your website going doing your email broadcast you know uh doing promotional events out uh, out in the uh, world in general doing fairs there's lots of different things that we do to get our name out there. So all those things, you know, would almost be hard to figure into an equation mm-hmm. of, you know, how much time right. per lead. But yeah. for an outbound, it's probably a little easier because, you know, we have a database of many restaurants and, and we call them, you know, sometimes we'll call a few times and offer to send them our brochure and mm-hmm. and then we'll follow up with them. So there's a lot of that chasing going on as well. Right. Okay. Well, and I and like I said, I, I wanted to kind of just put that in perspective for people listening because I think that a lot of times we, we tend to not realize how much the similarities are between different industries. And, of course, everybody, the worst thing, as a marketing consultant, as this person who people come to me and say, okay, I need help with my marketing, we always hear that phrase, but my business is different. Well, guess what? Your business is about as different as it gets, but it's still the same thing, same, same basic process as everybody else's. And that, so that's why I wanted to ask that and, and kind of have you share that bit of piece. But now let's talk about what I think is actually going to be really, really helpful for everybody is that people are buying you. And we know that. I mean, I talk about this all the time. It's not so much the company. It's not so much the product, the services. I mean, so many of our businesses, we have competition. So we're almost like a dime a dozen. But we have to stand out. Mm -hmm. And from your standpoint, you know, people are buying us. But you know how to be entertaining, how to take it to that next level. And that's where I think that the best part of this conversation could come in because let's face it, people want to be entertained and that's what makes us unique, makes us stand out from everybody else out there. Well, most certainly. Um, I would say the, the biggest lesson that I've had to learn in the early stages, and I'm sure a lot of other entrepreneurs uh, have run into the same thing, is that when you first start off and it's a one one person show, uh, you know, the back of your brain says, you know what I need to do? I, I need to make it seem like our company is legitimate. I need to make it seem like we're big. Um, and that tends to turn into this, I, would, I, I call this fake corporate identity um, that, that people think they need to project. But really, that's actually the wrong way to go. And um, and what I mean by that a little bit more um, in a little more detail is that when I first started off, I I really tried to have a very corporate looking website, something that looked very business like, something that looked um, you know very uh, you know strong and firm, and something that's been around for a long time. And all of our materials, sales materials, had a had a very clean, crisp, corporate look to it. Now, I'm not insinuating that for certain businesses like accountants and things like that, that that might not be the right uh, thing to portray. But 
But in my case, what I found out that is that is that that was really uh, a false direction. In de- instead, what I needed to start doing is start to tell my own story and start to portray the theater company as a curious, interesting, mysterious, exciting type of thing. Uh, you know, which which is a different mindset. You know, so it, it, you, you imagine different graphics and different fonts and different colors and pictures, you know, when you're trying to go toward, you know, showing somebody this imaginary world that you want them to buy into. That was something that took me some time to learn. And that's where storytelling and branding and having the right approach to how you project yourself to the market is really so important. Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that too, is that it is that, that being exciting, something that stands out and, you know, creating the, the branding behind it can be something that can be quirky or mysterious or um, out of this world. I love that, you know, you actually says, you know, you create your imaginary world. And I love that, the way you said that, because that really is what we're doing is when we're first starting out, we need to portray a method of success to create confidence in the people who spend money with us at this point, especially if you're just starting out, that may be an imaginary world because you're not there yet, but that doesn't mean you're lying to people, but you need to create that, that, that image. And by storytelling, you know, I think think one of the, one of the best things in the world is when you can share experiences and share who you really are as a person that was part of the story that gets people, grabs people's attention and keeps them intrigued. Well, and not only that, the important thing to realize is that it's not just vanity either. It, what it really is, it's about differentiation. And, you know, with us, there are several other murder mystery companies, some other touring theater companies, and, um, you know, you want to stand out from the pack. And, uh, I mean, you know, from our own contemporary, if anybody watches the news, you know, you could use the Trump factor. You know, he's a great example of how sometimes your packaging, your presence, the way you present yourself, your sheer overwhelming personality, sometimes is far more important than anything that actually you're saying. Um, so, so that's why it's really important, because at the end of the day, when people are choosing what product they're going to go with of a, of a selection of five, you know, they are immediately going to put their eyes on the things that stand out the most. And if you are dwindling and fading and dissipating into the background, you, you may not get that second or third look that's going to give you that lead. No, and, I, and that's that's a that's a major problem. Right, I love that. Um, you know, if you are fading in the background, and I find that it's really funny because I have a phrase that I use: "is the wallflower never gets the sale." And uh, people <laughs> people don't get that. They're like, "What?" They don't understand it. I'm like, "It's it's the whole thing is you have to you have to stand out. You have to leave a good impression on people on people, or else they will forget about you." And the hardest thing in the world for anybody to remember, whether you're technically as an entrepreneur or in sales because we're all in sales one way or another but a lot of times we don't think that we're like oh we're you know we're we don't need to be that kind of person we're not an extrovert well guess what you know i'm an introvert honestly i have learned to be more of a personality it's an experienced trait of basically practice 
And I think right. that's one of the things that's really cool for, you know, in talking to you, we talk about like the, the tricks and lessons that theater can bring into helping us stand out, helping us create that brand that makes people remember who we are. Um, share some of that with us. Well, what kind of stuff do you think that, you know, as somebody in the theater, how can we relate your skills into being an entrepreneur and creating that same experience for the people we're around? Sure. Well, well, to take the idea of some of the principles of theater and, and, and kind of blow that out and see how that might be able to be applied to a marketing campaign for any business is, is I think the first port, important thing to say is passion. And, and like you said, some people say, you know, they're not an extrovert and they don't, they don't, they don't like doing that kind of thing. However, what I would often ask that person is, is, well, why are you doing what you want to do? Surely you got into this because you were passionate about it. And most people that are passionate about something really like to talk about it. <laughs> Maybe your wife doesn't want to hear about it anymore. Your friends are sick of hearing about it. But the great thing about talking to a customer is they've never heard about it. Mm-hmm. So you have a free license <laughs> to talk and talk and tell about how great this idea is. Um, so that, that's the first thing is be passionate on the, on the phone or even through text or brochure or blog or whatever medium you may be using. Mm-hmm. But particularly with theater, um, you know, in this day and age, people are used to going to the movies and watching TV, and they have an expectation of grand spectacle. You know, if when they go to see the X-Men or something, they expect to be blown to the back of the room with special effects and cool stuff. Um, that puts theater in a, in, a, in a difficult position oftentimes because people come to the theater and they come with that preconceived concept that, boy, we're just going to blow them away with lasers and special effects. But, you know, that's not really what's going to happen. So we really have to use some kind of theater 101 things just to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And they really come down to, to the basics like presence and volume and, and clarity, the way you speak and the tempo and intonation of your voice and how you inflect certain words and all that kind of stuff becomes extremely important because when you stand up there in front of 250 people that just paid, um, you're not just performing, you're commanding them. And that is an important differentiation. You're not a dancing bear, you know, letting them watch you. You are up there, your eyes wide open, the magnetic fields coming out of you and enveloping them. They are in your sway. And you need to keep them there. And when you lose that, you you really begin to... Uh, start to get them the rolling of the eyes and people yawning and all that kind of stuff. So you really want to keep their attention on you at all times. Those lessons that actors learn and even the, the earliest entertainers learn, if you can apply that to your sales calls or even the way you speak to people on the phone, um, you're going to do yourself a great service because I guarantee your competitors are going to be you know, sounding like they'd really rather not do it, you know? Right. And, and at the end of the day, if you want somebody to come and, you know, rebuild, you know, your basement or, you know, winterize your house or, you know, replace your water heater, 
who are you going to go with? The person that sounds excited to be doing their job or the one that really seems to not care? Mm-hmm. You know, you really want, this is your house. You want somebody who cares. And, and, and that, those lessons from theater can really help that happen. Right. No, I could not agree with you more. And you said a couple of things in there that I want to really touch on it. Let's, let's talk about these for a couple of minutes is that, you know, uh, number one is a couple of things that come in mind are presence. I think that that's something we need to talk about for a second. Cause my idea of presence is let's say as somebody who I, let's say I'm going to a business event, maybe a conference, a seminar, even a chamber, a commerce event, whatever it is. Presence is when you're talking to somebody and you go to shake their hand and you're taught you're they're telling you their story of course you know it's like hey you know tell me more about you and your business and they start talking about you looking them in the eye smiling a little bit right. being part of that conversation instead of looking around or you know saying hey you know what uh, hold on a minute cuz i want to go grab some food or whatever you know that's presence mm-hmm. it's a very simple little process but we take it for granted we don't think about that now volume was another big one that you brought up volume you know how much do you is your volume going up and down? One of the things that I like to do in my in my my presentations, whether that be me speaking on a webinar, I just matter of fact before we started recording this, I got off a coaching call, and when I talk, a lot of times I'll talk a lot louder when there's something more exciting that I want to share, or maybe I want somebody to stop and kind of ponder something for a second, <laughs> so I'll stop right. and just lower my voice a little bit and say, okay, I want you to think about this. What are you doing next? You know, things like that, and so that volume change will make a difference and that'll grab their attention and keep them uh, keep them there and inflection being another one you know the speeding up slowing down those kind of things and these are all things that anybody in the entertainment industry gets this because this is this is acting this is performance and it's really funny because a lot of people weren't into that now you and i had a conversation before this call we talked about this and i come from Um, the entertainment industry originally I was actually in the music industry and so I have some of that experience and I understand it and it's really fun because a lot of those skills that I learned then got brought into my speaking and so as a speaker it's not I don't even like to be called a speaker I like to be called a performer or an entertainer because that's really what I am I mean I'm teaching I'm training that is really the goal with it I want you to learn but guess what if you're bored and I'm not keeping you laughing and smiling once in a while you're not going to learn the stuff I'm trying to teach you and so that was actually something that Cindy my partner brought up one time she was like you're not just a speaker you're you're a performer you are very different when you get up on stage because you really give it your all and I think that's one of the things that makes somebody really stand out. And, you know, there's speakers that are listening to this. Some of our audience are actually speakers and, and coaches. And so from that standpoint, that's going to help. But even if you happen to own a coffee shop, by just talking to people and the conversations you have with your customers as they walk in the door using these exact same skills will leave that lasting impression where they will be very impressed and very entertained and want to come back and have another conversation with you. Well, certainly, especially these these types of things are really important if the nature of your business involves you having to persuade people because when you when you're trying to persuade an individual or a group of individuals to come on to your side or buy your product or 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 uh, sign on to this project or become a partner, whatever it may be, um, you have to understand that besides just the words that you're saying, 
um, is the manner with which you say them. And that's easy just to say. But the reality is, is what I've noticed, and most actors know instinctively, is that there's kind of a magnetism. Sometimes people call that like personal magnetism. Well, people are attracted to certain individuals, certainly when they behave in a certain way. So, you know, if you can create that magnetism, you know, you're going to have a far more easier time because people, you know, trust and respond to these nonverbal cues and things like the, the way you mug your face or the way you smile or grin or tilt your head or what all those kind of things are so important because first they have to trust you and or at the very least believe you're worth listening to and only beyond that point will they listen to a thing that you say Mm -hmm. so that's why i often say you know sometimes you know a very charismatic person selling an inferior product will by far succeed beyond someone who may be kind of shy and and, uh, introverted and have Mm -hmm. a superior product. People won't ever get past the first problem to to learn about the product. So these are why that's even more important, uh, to be able to command your audience and really soften them up for the more factual arguments that you need to present to them to make sure they're interested in what you're offering. Right. I love that because that actually makes a big difference. And you, you said a couple of really, really important things that I want people to pay attention to. Number one is that, you know, the fact that somebody who's charismatic is going to be much more likely to sell a product, even if it's not the best quality than somebody who has a great product and not so much, um, you know, not so charismatic. And I've, and I've actually had a quote that I, along that lines is that, you know, somebody who, somebody who stands out and is great at sales and marketing will sell more product than somebody who has a great product and terrible at sales and marketing. And it's really sad that that happens, but it it is reality. And so by learning these skills and one word stood out that I really want to talk about for just a second is persuasion, because that tends to have kind of a negative connotation to people. And I want people to understand that we're not talking about uh, convincing somebody to do something wrong persuasion in itself is just convincing somebody to make a decision and obviously for everybody listening to this i'm going to hope that everybody here is doing something that's right you're selling ethical products and services you are the best or you're trying to striving to be the best that you possibly can if you're selling garbage then go back and fix that first (laughs) but then the persuasion is actually a good thing because if you're sell if you're the best choice for somebody, you have to persuade them that you are the best choice. And if you don't, well, they're going to pick I somebody else. I would even else. say that you're, you, you may even be, you could even make the argument that you're duty-bound to try to, to mm-hmm. persuade them because they may be using something that's not going to really do as good a job as, as what you could do, and you know that. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, if you're, if you're looking at the idea of persuasion as some kind of negative term um don't do that because the remember the biggest enemy is not persuading them from some preconceived idea usually persuasion is just necessary to overcome indifference <laughs> they might just not care mm-hmm. you know so so in certain cases you may have a customer that isn't actively shopping 
so, you know, you're trying to persuade them that, you know, hey, listen, it's worth your time to give me three more minutes to explain how this product or service can really help you in whatever way. So overcoming indifference is really the biggest challenge, I find. Right. No, that's a really good, important point. I hadn't actually thought about it that way, but yeah, because a lot of times, especially in today's world, people are having a hard time. They just don't care. They don't have a decision. They don't have a choice or a, um, I don't have the right word in front of me. Um, they just don't care one way or another. And so your job is to influence them, to persuade them to just be able to make that choice, to help them out from that standpoint. So I like, I like the way you put that out there. Well, and, and also there's another really major reason why this is even more important to have this presence and be able to differentiate yourself and stand out this way. And it's because of what I call sometimes the, the, the two-level market problem. And what I mean by that is like, like imagine, imagine if you're going to a supermarket and you want to buy peanut butter, okay? What, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the shelf and you're going to see the five peanut butters that are sitting on the shelf, okay? And and the reality is, is you're assuming that those are the only five peanut butters in the universe. But we all know that there are probably lots of brands that didn't even get to that shelf. Mm-hmm. So if you don't even get on the shelf, it doesn't matter how low your price is, how good the service is, how much value you have, how well it's designed all that is absolutely meaningless because they'll never even see it and then the next step is is taste you know if with the peanut butter you can't open up each one and taste it (laughs) you just have to go on the information the limited information that you have and you're going to go by how the picture looks how the bottle looks how much what it says on the side of the jar, maybe, mm-hmm. the color, all these intangible, subjective things, that's all you have to judge by and make your selection. So knowing that, concentrating on how well-designed something is, is important, but not as important is as trying to make sure that you are one of the ones that is selected among those five that they see. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get the first eyeball and maybe the second eyeball looking at you, um, not the third, fourth, and fifth. Right. Very cool stuff. So, you know, one of the things I've got several several coaches that I know um, actually encourage their uh, clients, especially anybody who is in the expert industry, we'll just call it that. Um, you know, people are basically putting their image out there as I am the expert in XYZ to actually take improv classes. And what do you think about that? Do you think that that's actually going to help somebody make a big, bigger difference and make a better impression? You know what? I, I wasn't exactly sure what you meant. Can you say that to me again a little bit? I think I might have missed some of your point there. Okay. So I know other coaches um, that help people become experts in their industry. So we call it the expert industry. So you're you're a life coach or you're a marketing coach or whatever. And a lot, and a lot of people are saying you, that we as experts should be taking improv classes in order to become better presenters. And so I was just asking your opinion on that. What do you think of that kind of situation? Do you think as a standard, as the, the owner of a lawn, 
lawn care company, do you think taking improv classes is going to help me land more clients, help me better communicate with my prospects? Well, uh, you know, possibly. Okay. Uh, improv classes, you know, might be more than they need. Just basic community theater experience might be okay. Uh, now, you know, in dinner theater or murder mystery, you, you as an actor are right there in front of your audience. So you're oftentimes, you know, you know, doing your part, and you're saying, hey, how you doing there, buddy? Nice to see you. Nice haircut you got there. <laughs> I mean, you're like right in there with them. Mm-hmm. So there's no protective, there's no, there's no distance to protect you from the stage and the audience. What that gives you is, is a little bit more presence. And, you know, really, honestly, and any actor will probably tell you this, that kind of presence comes from uh, not caring about failure anymore. <laughs> like, like for instance, when you're a new actor and you get out there and you forget your line, it's like, oh, my God, the scariest thing in the world, right? Right. But by the 50th time you've done that after about 100 shows, the sting is well diminished. So after a while, the lack of fear allows you to be more free. So you're, you know, you're, you're now not so worried about making a mistake, so you're willing to go out on a limb and try a new joke or throw a new improv out or, or, or change your line and ad lib. So, so improv classes and just theater experiences can help you let things roll off the cuff easier. It allows you to speak confidently without a script or without notes. So you can hold in your mind much more clearly the arguments that you want to present and the, the, you know, the theory that you're trying to push forward. You can have that in your mind and speak to that clearly. But right. as far as improv, you know, that might not really be as necessary as just basic um, theater 101, getting in front of an audience. Um, that, that really, I think, is probably the most important thing if somebody wants to feel that they can speak with authority and have other people uh, deem them worthy of, of their trust, worthy of their attention. Right. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you. That was that was the other thing. I mean, that's a, it's good pointing people in the right direction. This is something anybody can do. You know, you can just go down, take a theater, basic theater class at your local community college, and that's something. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to jump into the acting bug um, or performance bug, but you may. Though, which there's nothing wrong with that. That'd be fun. But it helps expand your communication skills, and I think that's a really big point with this. So, so Clyde, as we're getting finishing up here, um, you know, let's go ahead and talk about if there is one action step that you think that people should get out there and do that'll make the biggest impact for them. What do you think that might be? The biggest action step, um, taking into account some of the things that I've uh, already mentioned, mm-hmm. I guess I would go back to um, take the passion that you have for whatever you're doing. And everybody knows that there can be times where the bills are piling up and there's not as many clients as you'd like and maybe it's difficult. But try to find that passion that you had when you started it and what you're really excited about, what you really love to do, and rev yourself up with that. And use that when you're going to create your brochure or when you're going to create your white paper or when you're going to, you know, work on your website or write your blog, you know. Go into it with that enthusiasm and 
it'll translate through the words and the way it's put together. People can feel that passion, and that'll make them trust the person more, I believe. Awesome. Even in intangible things like brochures. Um, the, but beyond that is really using storytelling in your branding. I, I have found that to be a great mechanism because, you know, as opposed to just being ABC theater company, we, we are the Riddles Brood Theater Company, which is, of course, an unusual name, and it would mm-hmm. seem to be contrary to common sense. But what I have found is that people are like, well, what does that mean? So it opens up a door for me to immediately start talking about myself and the theater and what we've done and how we came up with that name. So the mystery, uh, the making yourself curious, the making uh, your brand seem more worthy of interesting uh, questions or, you know, maybe I want to find out more about the secrets of what this is. If you can be compelling and inspire curiosity with your graphics and the way you present your organization, it'll do a lot for you. Uh, I've actually had people call and say really silly things like, well, you know, your logo, well, why did you make the logo like that? Like sometimes people seem more interested in the aesthetics than actually the, what we do. And um, and I, I basically think that has something to do with the fact that we have such an unusual um, way of putting ourselves forward that way. Right. Awesome. I love it. This has been great, great stuff. I think that everything that we shared today is very, very powerful. And when you start, start looking at your business more as a, as an entertainment, you know, how to be more entertaining and how to be, how to stand out, be unique, create that, you know, add that enthusiasm behind what you do. That is what makes a difference. That's what makes more successful businesses than anything else I've ever seen. And so I really appreciate everything that you shared with us today. Um, so Clyde, uh, last thing on here is I would love to have people be able to reach out to you. I know you're kind of specific to the New York, New Jersey area, but if somebody happens to be in the area and wants to catch one of your shows, what would be the best way for them to find out about that? Sure, certainly. Well, uh, if anybody is interested, they can always, of course, go to our website, which is www.riddlesrood.com, and that's R-I-D-D-L-E-S-B-R-O-O-D.com. That's the easiest way. You can always email me or my contact information and my phone number is up there. Um, but we also do shows all across the country. There are some universities and colleges and sometimes, um, you know, large corporate events that, uh, that have hired us to go pretty far away. So sometimes we do do that. Um, and, uh, and also we have a book coming out that's also self-titled Riddles Brood. So at some point, and that actually is a full novel based upon the fictional world that we've created around the business. So, um, using novel form as a, as a way of actually attracting interest in the company itself. So that, that should be available, uh, we're hoping, by December on Amazon. Awesome. Very cool. We'll definitely keep me in, informed of when that book comes out. We'll make sure we, we help share that out for you. And then if you know if you do get hired by somebody to come out to Portland, let, it, let me know because I would love to catch up with you while you're here in town. And we're like opposite ends of the country, but I would love to, to catch one of your shows or even just you know get together for coffee or something. 
Definitely. Thank you so much, Eli. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on your show. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Of course, if you got value out of the show, we'd love it if you would spend two minutes. Go to iTunes and just pop in a quick review. Just say, hey, this is what we love. This is why we like this stuff. Um, it really, it, like I said, it's two minutes out of your time, and it means the world to us. Um, you can find that by going to drivingyourmarketing.com, and there will be a link directly to the iTunes page right there. And, of course, as always, if there's anything that I can do to help you out, reach out. Let me know. Get out there. Have an amazing rock star week. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Take care. Hey there. This is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.